Two weeks out, folks. Two weeks till Christmas Day. Hello, everybody. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And uh, it's just the way it is. It's the way I believe it's always been. Even in the founding of this nation, we had people that wanted to stay in tribute to the crown of England. And we had uh, a lot of folks that didn't, so it's been a pretty divided place that has somehow held together. And when I look back throughout history, I wonder sometimes if Lincoln really did us all a favor um, by doing that. Um, Because even at this point, we are a very divided group of folks. We got, you know, folks that believe and trust in the Lord Jesus that are uh, Christians and then we have a whole lot of other stuff and you know President Obama God bless him really changed a lot of things about this country and I believe uh, he was an evil man and had evil intentions toward this country and because he was articulate because he was um able to work the system and get enough people behind him. I mean, the guy beat out Hillary Clinton for crying out out loud. One of the, I don't know, probably even 10 times more evil than he is and manipulative. But when he had power, he did some really bad things. He put some bad people in places of authority and, and still, I think to this day, runs a lot of this uh, stuff we see in the United States from behind the scenes. And I don't know what his real deal is. I don't know his full motivation. I don't know his heart. I don't know his mind. Comes across very reasonable, uh, very nice, whatever, a lot of the time. He doesn't rail um, like some Democrats do and, and it's very easy to be turned off by, but um, but the things behind the scenes, you know, I was I saw a little ditty before getting into the Word of God, which I don't like doing, but I just happened to see it in my email on our HHS department at the um, federal government was trying to mandate that doctors need to. I mean, one, why do we have a Department of Health and Human Services at the federal government? It makes no sense to me. Um, The state should be taking care of those things. That shouldn't be a federal government thing at all. Two, um, they created a mandate trying to tell doctors, regardless of their own conscience, regardless of their own uh, opinion, that they had to perform transitional surgery on even children if they wanted it. And I 
I, I had no idea there was such a mandate. But think about that for a minute. You've got our federal government telling doctors they have to do something, even if it's against their will. How do we get to this point in this country? And I think part of it is when you take God out of the picture, government becomes more and more God to people. We had a gentleman come up at our county board meeting a couple of weeks ago, a guy that actually goes to our church and basically said that. When did we start worshiping government, folks? That government had to be the one to do everything. And when I think about it, uh, it's been transitioning over a long period of time. This didn't happen overnight. It's been an incremental thing. But now it's it's at a point where how do we turn the clock back? Um, again, I, I think our federal government is way over the top. Doing too many things. Has their hand in too many pies. The federal tax code alone is just a mess. And yet, so many people have their hand in the pie now. Um, it's it's going to be very hard to Cut that pie down to size. But that's where we're at. And, you know, in the end, we are about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And while we need to do the best we can in this life, I, th I believe that, that Christians should be engaged in the government, engaged in their communities to try and take... Uh, um, a stand for things that are important and to try and limit the size of government for one thing as much as possible to do so as effectively as we can uh, and I think you know, typically it's been proven over and over again that markets typically take care of things better now, in today's world, we have to be a little bit more careful because markets are much more visible than what they used to be. It used to be, I didn't know what the cost of a gallon of gas was at the station across town. Today, I can look that up on my phone. And so, that creates a different market situation. And I think it's one that we have to be careful of uh, in certain areas. But... The one thing I think that could help, really, is in the medical field. I remember looking for a doctor at one point and uh, wanting to go question their values. And I was amazed to find out that most of these guys had no idea you know, what an interview would be like. It was up to them whether they wanted to take you as a patient. And like... But wait a minute, why isn't that the other way around? Why aren't you having to compete for my business? I'm putting my trust in you that you're going to care for my family and take care of them as our doctor. I want to make sure you believe the same things I do. And yet I had to schedule appointments and pay money just to find that out with some doctors. And it was that was an interesting thing. But anyway, I digress. Here at It's a Religion, we start with the Word of God. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is meaningful. It's what we were given by God himself to 
live this life, to understand our history, to understand uh, really how this all came about and why. And it does that. Genesis 1.1. Okay, God created everything. God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, time, space. In the beginning, it says, God created everything. And so we can have great confidence in that because that's written by someone who was there or who this information had been passed down to. And so we have no questions. Evolution, however, I, I'm going to say this every day until the day I die. A bowl of soup, millions or billions of years ago, whenever it was, because they don't know, because no one was there. Nothing scientific about that. I'm, I don't have enough faith for that one. I can believe in a history that was given to me by others who wrote it down. Genesis 45. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him, and the word of it quickly came to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said to them, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that was ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt to come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. And Joseph added, look, you can see for yourselves and you can be, and, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen and then bring my father back here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. The news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers this is what you must do. Load your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best land in Egypt and you will eat from the best that the land produces. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings, for the best of the land of Egypt is yours. 
So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph provided them with wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them supplies for the journey. And he gave each of them new clothes. To Benjamin he gave five changes of clothes and three hundred pieces of silver. He also sent his father ten male donkeys loaded with the finest products of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other supplies he would need on his journey. So Joseph sent his brothers off, and they left. And he called after them, Don't quarrel about all this along the way. And they left Egypt, returned to their father Jacob, the land of Canaan. Joseph, Joseph is still alive, they told him, and he is governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told him, and when he saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, their father's spirit revived. Then Jacob exclaimed, It must be true, my son Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. So, Jacob is is given a gift, really. But well, the son who he thought was dead is actually alive. And what a beautiful thing that is. You know, how often is it do we find out things or hear things that, that we think happened and in reality it was uh, something different had occurred than what we thought. But in this case, it was God's plan, right? You know, people did something evil to Joseph, and yet God turned it to good, turned it to uh, a lot of people getting saved and having bread for seven years when it was going to be a famine. He is God, people. He knows. He knows your personal troubles and ups and downs. He wants to be with you. He wants to be your counselor, your friend, your savior. I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, people uh, are the ones that can mess up faith and mess up religion. And even we in our walk with him have done things that I think about now. I'm like, man, that wasn't really, I don't think the way God would have wanted it. But, but we are to be about peace and to uh, to encourage folks. And I hope that as you listen to this program uh, daily, if you do, that you will be encouraged to know the one true God and to trust in Him and not this life because there's much more after this. Lord God Almighty, thank you for this day, the day that you have made. Please be with us. Please help those that hear this program be encouraged to trust in you and to walk with you daily. So we thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Not a dozen show signs.